that's, that's comforting to know, amen, that no matter what befalls us, amen, we can always call on the name of the Lord. He's always there. He is the creator of heaven and earth and you and I. Uh, sometimes we just say heaven and earth and leave us out. Amen. And all that is, the scripture says, all that is and all that's therein belongs to him. Amen. Just tell somebody you belong to God. as property. <laughs> but when it comes to God, you are God's property. Amen. And we should have no problem with that. Amen. He made us. He created us. Amen. We are his heritage and we shouldn't have no problem with being his property. Amen. Because God is a good God. Amen. And he takes good care of his property. Amen. So I don't mind being God's property. Amen. He, he looks out for us. But this morning, Amen. One of the things I, well, not one of the things, the thing I want to dig into, amen, is dealing with forgiveness. Hello. You know, a couple of weeks ago, amen, as we were having our morning service, and I, I looked and it just really struck my heart the number of people that came up to the altar at the altar call and prevalent it is, not just here, you know, but throughout the body of Christ. And even this past Wednesday, we were, you know, in our lesson, and we just kind of got stuck there, you know, dealing with that area of forgiveness and unforgiveness that that once, once and I'm saying it just like it, I need to say it, it wants to reside in the hearts of God's people. Amen. And not just God's people, everybody, you know, but when it comes to God's people, we need to really wrap our minds around this thing called forgiveness and, and how much it affects us in our daily functioning and our daily operation and how we, we, we engage and encounter everything else in our lives when that issue is allowed to remain prevalent in us. So, so we really need to begin to take a closer look at it. You know, we know that Christ came, amen, for the forgiveness of sins. Amen? I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, he, he shed his blood, amen, to be the propitiation or the payment of our sins. Amen. So we know that without him, amen, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or remit the means to forgive, to let go, or, you know, to release. So we look at the fact that forgiveness is one of those things that God sent his son to die. I mean, I, I want us to you know, think about the, the severity of what we're talking about. To die, shed his blood, amen, so that we could be forgiven. How many of us want to reject that? I don't think any of us. Amen. Not when we realize the fact that, you know, we were as the scripture says, born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Amen? So, so to realize that that was our condition, you know, before we came to Christ. But because of his action, we have been released from that. 
about about that. Be glad about that. We've been released from sin. Amen. We've been forgiven. Amen. And, and when we say forgiven, you know, when Christ said you are forgiven, you are forgiven from the penalty of sin. Amen. It's just not a, a, a light word that we throw around or we pick and choose, you know, what we're going to do with it or who we're going to share it with. But first of all, we need to receive it for ourselves. Amen. And as we understand the, the receiving of sin, amen, then we shouldn't have. We're going to look at some passages for us. But we should not have no problem, you know, offering it, giving it, releasing others, amen, just as we have been released, as we have been forgiven for sin. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, the 18th chapter. And we're going we're gonna to hang out on this passage for a little bit. Amen. But it's, in, it's an interesting passage. Hallelujah. Matthew 18, starting at verse number 21. Jesus, in, in this chapter, was talking to them about, you know, how to conduct themselves in his kingdom. Amen. And he was, earlier in the chapter, he was talking about how to be reconciled. If your brother wronged you, how to deal with it. Go to him and him alone. If he don't receive you, take with you two or three witnesses. If he don't receive them, then take them before the church. You know, he, he talked about how we can deal with issues and how we can overcome these issues. But, you know, as he's going down through the discourse of what he's teaching them, then we see here, then Peter comes to him and it says, Then came Peter, you know, Peter was, would have no problem asking questions. You know, he was kind of the spokesman of the group. You know, you know, we... I think they call Peter the disciple with the, the, the foot-shaped mouth because sometimes he put his foot in his mouth. You know, he was so quick to speak. You know, remember when he tried to rebuke the Lord? I mean, he, he, would, he would say what was on his mind. So here he comes in the middle of the teaching that Jesus is doing, and he asked this very direct question. He says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? And he thought he was being gracious. I'll, I'll give him seven times, but after that, I'm done. You know, so he's asking the question still seven times. Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. I know we got some mathematicians in there, right? Amen. So how many times is that? 490 times. Notice this. You know, how often shall I forgive him, amen, as he comes against me? But, you know, you think about 490 times in a day. Huh? Hello? That's a lot of forgiving in one day, isn't it? 490 times, you know, so when you, when you break it down, how many hours in a day? 24 hours. So if you divide that up, that's about 20.4 times per hour, which breaks down to about roughly about every three minutes for a 24-hour period. Y'all ready? So how can someone do that much to you in one day? You know, just, but I would have you to consider the fact that it's not that they do that much to you in one day. But how many times did that thing come up in your heart in one day? And how many times do you need to 
forgive them again for that same offense in that one day. So every time it comes to your mind, no, I forgave that. Three minutes later, it might, the enemy might bring it back. No, I forget. See, that's our challenge is to remain in the mode of forgiveness. No matter what it looks like, no matter what reminds you of that situation, no matter what happens, no, there is no limit. See, he wasn't just saying, that's what he's trying to get us to see. There is no limit in how often or how many times you forgive your brother or your sister or whoever it might be. There's no limit to the frequency of forgiveness because forgiveness is mandated by, for the Christian. Amen? You know, there's a lot of passages I won't have time to go to today. You know, but there's a lot of places that makes it clear that forgiveness is standard practice for the Christian. It's not something extraordinary, out of the norm. So it, it, it should cause us to wonder why we have such a struggle with it. Y'all quiet on me already this morning. I don't want to talk to me. Uh, but when we begin to look at it, so he asked, he told him this. Look at verse number 22. Huh? Jesus said unto them, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, the Lord commanded him to be sold. Now listen, listen at this, how grievous this is. Commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So in other words, he is causing you, your wife, your children to be put into prison, to be sold. And all your possessions, your house, because everything you got is not enough to pay your debt. Does that sound familiar? Amen. No matter what we do, we can't pay. We could not pay the debt of sin. You know, no matter what we had, no matter how rich or whatever, how smart or talented, you, you, you could not pay your way out of the, the situation we were in with God. So he said, and that payment should be made. So he's going to make him pay, right? The servant, therefore, fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. So because he had compassion, because he said, I will pay thee. Just be patient. Just, just give me, give me more time. But then look what happened. I know we don't have to. Don't holler if the rock hits you. Amen. Say, but that same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence. Now, to to, to help us understand the difference here, the first one would have owed him about twenty million dollars. And this man that he wouldn't find would owe him maybe $20. Big difference in the debt. Big difference in the debt. Let's see, he owed him 100 pence and, laid, he, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat. 
this man done lost his mind. Huh? Saying, pay me that thou owest. Now, I can see, you know, if the, if the, if the master would have said, okay, you know, just thinking in the natural, if he said, okay, I'm going to give you a little bit more time. Now, maybe he's desperate, so he's going to find anybody to owe him anything. So he doesn't, maybe, but see, he ain't got no reason to be desperate because the debt was not postponed. The debt was canceled. He didn't owe anything. Huh? See, so he wasn't desperate for this $20. But yet, I mean, he took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Do those words sound familiar? Huh? Same exact words. So that should, that should have rung a chord with him. Right? You would think. Amen? And he would not, and went to cast him into prison, in other words, no compassion. Amen? Till he shall pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord. See, they all work for the same man, but they see now you got let off, but now you went over there and you, you jacking up Johnny for $20. We're going to go tell on you. Uh, see, see what you did. Huh? Hello. Sound like an accuser of the brethren. Mm. Hello. So they went and told what was done. Verse 32. And his, then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant. Who's he talking to? The unforgiving servant. He says you're wicked. Amen. I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? Good question. Amen? We need to think about that when we choose not to forgive somebody. God had pity on us. He had compassion on us, even before we sinned. Being God, being gracious and knowing who we are and what we would do, knowing the end from the beginning, even before we messed up, he had already made a way that we could be redeemed. I mean, he's just not, you know, being compassionate. He, he's got foresight because you already know you're going to mess up, but I'm still going to make a way for you. I'm still going to open the door. I'm still going to make it possible for you to, to get out of trouble before you even in trouble. So that, 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 that blesses me. But he said, just because you desire, just because you asked me, and you should have had mercy on him, or compassion on him. And verse 34 said, and his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that he was due unto him. Now, that sounds pretty, pretty grave because as much as he owed and as much as you get paid in prison, When's he ever going to get free? That was a life sentence. Hello? I mean, that, that just playing up, that was, that was a life sentence. In other words, you're done. And see, if we don't choose to, to do what our Lord has done for us toward others, we're setting ourselves up in the same manner. Because he lets us know in the word, you know, if we don't forgive, we will not be forgiven. Why? Because unforgiveness is a sin. 
unforgiveness is going against the word of God. And we got to check ourselves, you know what? No matter if you think you got a right, or we, we, we covered a lot of ground on Wednesday night. And sometimes we feel like, you know, well, I got a right to be upset. What they did to me was wrong. Yes, it was wrong. And you do have a right to be upset. And the scripture says, be angry. Isn't that right? But then we got to read the rest of the verse. He said, be angry and sin not. In other words, don't continue to hold it against your brother, your sister, or that person, whoever they might be. Because if we continue to hold it against them because of what they, I didn't do nothing. And they did all this to me. And I'm supposed to let them off the hook. Guess what? You can't keep them on the hook without being on the hook with them. Hello. So do you want to be on the hook with that person? Amen. Because that's, that's grievous in God's sight. And this is the dangerous part. Because you might choose to keep them in that place, which causes separation from you and God, and they may go to God and say, Father, forgive me. Huh? You know, I, 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 did, I did them wrong. And they may never even come to you and, and, and acknowledge that they did you wrong. And you say, well, see, that's why they're still wrong. You know, but they may, they may never come to you and acknowledge that they did you wrong. But when they go to God and they say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to forgive them. Huh? Like, wow, that's not fair. But don't the Bible say if you come to the altar and to offer your gift before God and you have, hear what he said, and you have ought in your heart to leave your gift at the altar and, and go and, and be reconciled? It does say that. That's exactly what it says. If you come and you have ought in your heart. So that does, that, does that qualify that they have to come to you before they can get forgiven by God? I'm talking. Huh? Do they have an art against you? See, that's what we got to stop and think. Not necessarily. If a person comes and realizes that I wronged somebody, I need to get right with God. Uh, and they, they might have not have the courage to come to you. But that's not an art against you. They have an art against themselves because they realize they've wronged somebody. Now, they should come to you. Amen? They should get it right, but suppose they never do get it right with you. Suppose they never see you again. Suppose they never get an opportunity. Suppose they, they done moved away or lost your number. Just suppose. And you hanging your hat on that, that not until they come to you will I not until they acknowledge they did me wrong will I forgive them. Now they done moved on. They're on the praise and worship team down in Timbuktu somewhere. Having a good old time. Getting blessed. And here you are still hanging on that hook all by yourself. Waiting for them to come to you to forgive you because you you say, uh-uh, I'm, I'm, you're still on the hook. 
But if you release them immediately, you free yourself when? Immediately. You free yourself. You know, I know things happen in our lives, amen, and, and they're grievous things, things that take time to heal, things that take time to get over. But I will submit to you that not until you forgive will the healing begin. Because until you hold on to it, it is an open wound for the enemy to continue to pour salt in. And you don't want no one pouring salt in an open wound. But every time you see them, every time you hear about them, every time you see somebody that reminds you of them, that's that salt. You think about it. You know, every time that thing comes in your mind and you haven't dealt with it and you haven't forgiven it, that lets you know right there, I need to let it go. It's like you getting stabbed every time that thing come up, every time that thought runs your way, every, every single time the enemy can come and use it against you. Amen. So now what does it do? It, it begins to grow in your life and it begins larger and larger. It causes you not to be able to trust people who haven't even done you wrong. You withdraw from people who want to be a blessing in your life because you're hurt from that that situation or that circumstance, and you have a wide open door for the enemy to come in your life and wreak havoc. And guess what? Usually when he comes, amen, he don't come by himself. And these things begin to manifest in our lives, amen. And we, we wonder why I'm stuck, why this ain't happening, why I'm still going through this. Unforgiveness is a sewer, amen, and it will cause us to not be who God wants us to be. It opens the door and it lets all kind of stuff into our lives. Amen. And as long as you hold on to it, and, and I, don't, I don't have to look at nobody or point nobody out, but we can stop and think about the fact that you know and I know from times when I was walking with unforgiveness in my heart that no matter how much I try to push forward, no matter how much I try to go higher, it was always that thing that would pull you back down. Always that thing that would slow you up. The enemy would always come. When you, even when you think you're riding high, finally, he'll come back and say, but well, what about that? And, and snatch you right back down and say, no, see, you, we, we can't praise over it. Huh? We can't shout over it. We can't fast over it. Huh? We, we, we can't meditate in the word. Oh, we just got to do it. Forgive. Release. Let it go. And then when we do that, we find, amen, that now I can grow. Now I can be free. Now I can be at peace. Because as long as you're holding on to the thing, you're going to go so far. It's like a chain. chain you know, you ever seen a, oh, my goodness, see the Holy Spirit? Huh? You ever, you ever seen a dog on a leash? And he take off to go running. Sometimes he forget that chain is there. Huh? That thing snatching me is not where his head was, his feet are. You know? <laughs> huh? He found I, I can't go no further. So after a while, now understand that after a while, he, he learns the boundary of his limitation. And he won't even try to go no further. Because he knows if I go another step, I'm going to get snatched. And see, that's what happens to us, amen, when, when we hold on to, we know the boundary of our limitations. You know, I, I know last time I tried to go... I got snatched. Things start going crazy. I'm not going to go there. So it limits what we're able to do. But when you take that chain off, 
Now see, he might still be a little timid. Huh? But after a while, he realized, I'm really free. I can really go beyond these boundaries, beyond these limits, because the chain of unforgiveness has been released and removed. And that's what we got to recognize. If you want to be freed up, if you want to move into places and the things that God wants you to move into, we got to be ready to let it go. Look at verse number 30. 35, I'm sorry. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to you, if ye for your heart, from your hearts forgive not some of the people. Huh? Is there everyone? Everyone? Everyone. His brothers trespasses. Everyone. In other words, we cannot Pick and choose. Amen. Who or what or how many trust? Well, I, I forgave him three times. And that's it. Huh? You know, I, I'm, I'm smarter now. Mm-hmm. Get me once, shame on me. Get me twice, shame on you. There ain't going to be no third time. You know, we know, we, we know how to, you know. But he said, everyone. Every one, every time I do you wrong, you got to forgive me. So that means I can just exploit you, and I can abuse you, and I can do whatever I want to you, and you still got to forgive me. Don't that sound good? Don't that make us feel good? No. No, it don't. Huh? Because number one, we're talking about Christians. Hello? We're talking about, you know, because what did he say? He's talking about your brother. Uh, and, and one of the other pastors, let's, let's go over here real quick. Go with me to Galatians 6. Hallelujah. It's one of the pastors that we, we dealt with on, on Wednesday. Because again, we need to recognize our responsibility. He said, forgive everyone, uh, one, his brother, their trespasses, right? Now, see, we, we need to know the difference between brothers and neighbors. Brothers are in the family. Brother, sister, mother, father, they're in the family. Neighbors live next door. They're in the world. So we got to think about how I treat my brother, how I treat my family. Amen? And, and when we really understand that that's my brother or my sister, I can just go on down that road on a whole lot of areas. <laughs> Amen? How we, how we treat our sisters in Christ, man. Hallelujah. But I won't go down that road right now. But Galatians 6 and 1 says what? Brethren. Who? talk to me this morning. Huh? Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, is that, now, now see, we, we, we quantify what that fault might be. Isn't that right? But he said, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. What's that got to do with forgiveness? Huh? 
that got to do with forgiveness? See, we, we've assigned the fault to him, and we've assigned the fault to what he's doing or everybody else, or we we watching him and we see, you know, issues in their life, right? So I'm the spiritual one. I'm going to restore him. I'm going I'm to get him back on track. I'm going to help him. I'm going to be spiritual. But why would I have to be tempted? The rest of that verse you know, it has got to add up to the first part of that verse. So think about this. Could it be that his fault was the wrong he did to you? Just could it be? Have we considered that? I mean, obviously, if he did you wrong, it wasn't something right. It wasn't something that lined up with Christian character and attributes, so therefore it is a fault in his or her life. Right? And you saw it. You experienced it. You were part of it. So what do you do with it? After you choose to forgive it. If you choose to forgive it. See, the scriptures don't give us much wiggle room. It it just don't. You know, you ever get in a, a tight spot and you ain't got no room to move? That's the word of God. Because yeah, he knows if we if we could find loopholes, we'd be jumping through them left and right. I'm looking, but see, I, I but I feel like this: the tighter it is, the better, because uh, it's gonna keep me on track. It's gonna keep me from from in, interjecting my will and my way and my thought. Amen. So when we begin to look at that, and he said, now if they be overtaken in a fault, and they came and they misused you, Amen. They stole something from you. They didn't repay you. Whatever the case might be, that's a fault. And you are keenly aware of that fault in their character as a Christian. Right? I mean, no one has to tell you. It's not gossip. It's not hearsay. You know about it. You're integrally involved. Right? So then what did he tell us to do? We see that fault. We're aware of that fault. We know about that fault. He said, oh, oh, wait a minute. That's probably the problem right there, you which are spiritual. We done forgot to be spiritual. We done, we done stopped being spiritual. Now we done got in the flesh. They done took mine. They done did them. See, you can't do this in the flesh. But if we're going to be spiritual people, if we're going to walk in the spirit, live in the spirit, operate in God's kingdom, now we got to do the spiritual thing. It's got nothing to do. And the spiritual thing overrides. Someone might not want to hear this part. The spiritual thing overrides your feelings. It, it, it overrides your emotions. It overrides all those things. Why? Because now being spiritual, amen, we, as a spiritual being, we don't operate according to our senses. Huh? Because spiritual things don't make sense. Huh? So we can't depend or we can't rely on our senses because, you know, in the natural, that's the only way we know how to operate, how we, what we feel, what we smell, what we see, what we hear, or what we can touch, or, you know, all, all those things. But see, in the spirit realm, those things, so you got to talk to your flesh and say, you know, I don't care how you feel about it. That's my brother. You know, I was talking to someone, you know, recently, and, uh, and they have some issues going on between him and family members, and, you know, made the statement that they're dead to me. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, hold it. You, you might say that, but they will always be your brother. 
right? You, don't say you cannot divorce them based on your words. You may choose never to talk to them again, never to see them again, but guess what? As long as they're living and breathing, they're your family member. So now you got to choose what you're going to do with it. You know, plain and simple. You know, we, so we got to come to the realization that in Christ, you didn't pick and choose your brother. You didn't pick and choose your sister. Look around the room. Did you pick any of these folks? Huh? But guess what? We all in the family. And even them that ain't here this morning, they in the family. Isn't that right? Because we all God's children. Amen? So therefore, no matter how mad you might decide I'm going to handle, you know, in the back in the old days, we'd say, okay, they did me like this. I'm going to handle it with a long handle spoon. That means I'm going to stay far away from them, you know. But that's not God. No, he, he, he came and died for us. The very ones, that while, while they were still, you know, jabbing him in the side and all these things, he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. He, he, think about, well, that was Jesus, right? Well, he could do that. He was the son of God. He had all that power and authority. You know, he had all the understanding. Well, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about your brother? What about Stephen? I like to use Stephen. He's a great example. You know, because a lot of times we talk about what people have done, done to us, so we got a right to be mad at them, and we got a right not to talk to them anymore, and don't, don't touch me, don't hug me, don't look my way, don't even spit at me because I don't like you. Huh? But Stephen, while he was being stoned, not, after, you know, not, not just the thought of being stoned, but during the process, and not just being stoned, He's in the process of breathing out his last breath. And he had the wherewithal to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You can't tell me Stephen was operating in emotion. You can't tell me Stephen was being moved by his feelings, because I know he was feeling some pretty hard stuff right about there. Huh? But Stephen was completely operating in the spirit according to the will and the word and the presence of God in his life. And that's how we have got to choose to function and to flow according to the spirit. Because we all know our feelings will mess us up. Huh? Our emotions will mess up. What we see and what we feel, emotionally what we feel, physically what we feel, those things will mess us up, and they'll cause us to do everything against the will of God. One of the greatest gifts that we received, amen, was the gift of forgiveness. Amen? We, we could burn it. It's one of the greatest gifts that we can receive, but it's one of the hardest gifts for us to give. I'll forgive you for something small. You know, you forgot to pick me up on time. You know, I forgive you. You know, sometimes we, you know, we, we say things like that. I forgive you. There's no problem. You know, people call you. Well, I, 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 I know I said I was going to be there, but oh, no problem. I forgive you. No problem. No problem. But don't let them mess with your money. Don't let them mess with something big. Huh? Don't, don't, don't let them do something that hits your heart. Are we just to say, oh, no problem. No problem. Probably not. 
If it hits your pride, probably not. If it messes with your esteem, probably not. Because, see, that's when we step into emotion and feeling, which is going to cause us to deny what the Word of God teaches us to do. But the amazing thing is, as soon as we choose to do what the Word of God tells us to do, we begin to receive our freedom and our healing and our deliverance in that area. And guess what? Then God can come by and he can begin the restoration process. Huh? And we can fulfill Galatians 6 and 1 because he said, ye which are spiritual. See, that's where we get stuck. He said, because the spiritual person, he said, go and restore. Huh? Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, not all prideful, what you did to me. No. Meekness. Humble yourself. But they did me wrong. And you say, I should humble myself? Yes. Certainly. Because if you don't, your flesh is going to rise up. And then you're going, to fill, you're going to fulfill the rest of the verse. Consider yourself, lest thou also be tempted. you tempted to walk in there in your pride and your arrogance. you tempted to walk in there telling them, giving them a piece of your little mind. Huh? See, you you tempted to go down the wrong road. And that's not what the will of God is concerning you or me. See? He, he don't want us to, you know, sometimes, you, you ever have somebody hurt you? Don't raise your hand, okay? You, you just say yes in your mind. In, you, in, in your mind, and, and so therefore you feel like you got a right to judge them? Hmm? See, we'd be tempted to judge them. They ain't no good anyway. Uh, think they spiritual. Look at them raising their hand. They know they need to just sit down. Huh? Because now we we don't we don't become a judge because of our feelings or the oop that's in our heart. We didn't choose to go and and forgive and release and let go. Uh huh. You sit at home and he on the phone with his friends. See, he ain't even treating me right. You talk all good to them on the phone. You don't even talk to me. Huh? That's a fault in your eyes, and you the spiritual won't go restore meekness. See, I, I, I can't but tell you what the spirit of God is telling me. I don't know. But see, these are the issues, these are the places where we, where we have our struggles and our shortcomings because forgiveness is not paramount in our lives. And therefore, we walk around with all this weight and all this baggage, amen, because somebody did this to me, and, and I want everybody to know it. Oh, see, why did you have to go there? Huh? He said, go to him and him alone, ain't right? You know, how many times have, you know, oh, goodness help me, Holy Spirit, I guess I could have. How many times have you been the receptacle of somebody's garbage? Huh? They got an offense with somebody, but they're not going to the person. They're coming to you. And you ain't even in the position to help them. That's one thing if they come to the pastor. Pastor, I'm going through this. I just want some guidance. I mean, I don't want let me tell you, well, did you go through them? Let me tell you how you need to go through them. You know, you can get some spirits. You can go up. But see, when you go to your sister, your brother, who don't even have a relationship with that person, and you look for somebody to co-sign your hurt, hello, you look for somebody to make you feel better and tell you, yeah, you right, you got a right to be mad. You got a right to hold on. I wouldn't forgive me either. That ain't, that ain't helping them. 
So, and, and we have not fulfilled the scriptures. So now you mad at them because they violated the word of God. They did something wrong against you. You mad at them and you feel justified in your being mad. He said, be angry and sin not. Okay, I get that. Okay, but then the minute you decide to go to somebody other than them, now you violated scripture. So who's better? See, we, we got to be careful about how we handle every situation because these things will trip us up and cause us to be in a circumstance where now we're, we're creating a gulf between us and God because, you know, he makes it very clear, amen, that we need to forgive. See, what do you tell them? And, and as they ask the Father, teach us how to pray. And down there in the prayer, he said, forgive us. You know, he told them to say these words. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those our debtors. Or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In other words, as I forgive them, then you forgive me. If I don't forgive them, guess what? You don't got to forgive me. So unforgiveness becomes a sticking point in our lives. And we can say, well, I forgave them, but. That should be, I forgave them, period. But when we say, I forgave them, but, but what? You know, the but, that little conjunction that cancels out everything that came before it? Huh? I forgave them, but I'm justified in staying away from them. Well, then if you stay away from them, then you can't fulfill Galatians 1 and 6. Hello? I'm trying to help us. You know, I, I'm trying to help us, amen, because if we get this, amen, the enemy going to have a whole lot less that he can play with. He can have a whole lot less that he can cause separation and division in the body of Christ at large. He's going to have a whole lot less, amen, that he can use to get into your life and say, well, I got that wrong, so I might as well do everything else. See, we need to recognize that this, as it liberated us from sin before God, it can liberate us even more with our brothers and sisters. It can liberate us more as a body so we can operate and function together like he designs his body to function. Amen? You got to let it go. Tell somebody, you got to let it go. Oh, we don't want to let it go. We don't want to let it go. We don't want to let it go. No, 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 no. But we got to let it go. It's not that easy to let it go. Why not? Because it hurt. Okay. Give you that things have happened in my life and in, in your life that hurt, but we can't go back and change it. Tell me, tell me, tell me, anybody, just shout it out. One thing you can go back and change once you felt the hurt, they can give you the money back, but you still felt the hurt. They can say, I'm sorry, you still felt the hurt, huh? But that takes away this thing, right? It just makes you feel better. Huh? I, I just want to be real. Okay. What's going to help us is to give it to God. But see, we, we, we got this, this other thing. We, we want, what's that, you know, the court orders restitution. Isn't that right? I want some restitution. 
I want them to pay. Now you just became God. You know, and if we could just be real, there's been situations where people have paid for their wrong and you still ain't satisfied. Because it really didn't take away the pain. Huh? It just said, okay, they got caught. Imagine if we paid for everything we did. I ain't looking at nobody. Huh? See, I was, with, I was listening to this program the other day, and the lady was talking, and she said, yeah, because it was a really good program. She had this um, convicted felon on there. You know, and he was talking about the 14 years that he spent, and now he's running a youth program and reaching kids in the community, doing cleanups all around the community and so forth. But then she said something that just really just kind of caught my attention. She said, when she first, when she said it, it kind of got me. Then she said, there's a whole lot of unconvicted felons running around here. Hello. See, the convicted felon is just the one that got caught. What about all these unconvicted that done done your dirt? We done done our dirt and got away with it, and we so so there, there's no restitution can be ordered. But guess what? You ain't getting away with nothing, baby. When you think they're getting away with it, don't worry about it. What, didn't, I, didn't, didn't we just read the passage of doing, doing the, the dedication that his angels that have charge that are watching over you and everything they do against you, God knows about it? Did we, we need to take that and put it in our ditty bag. God knows everything that happened to me, and if they don't get it right with God, he's going to deal with them. If they don't go and say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. See, one thing we need to realize is when people sin, they don't sin against you anyway. talking about Willis. No, they wrong you. They may cheat you. They may rob you. They may hurt you. They may lie to you. But all those things are sins against God. All sin is against God. That's why God can only, he's the only one that can forgive sin. Not you. You can forgive them they're wrong. Amen. But you can't forgive sin. They can come to you and say, I'm sorry, all day long. Amen. But they're still in trouble with God. What did David say in Psalms 51? I think Psalms 51, 4. Let's, let's look at that real quick. Huh? I want y'all to see that. Didn't we touch on that Wednesday? I think we touched on that Wednesday. See, y'all should be here on Wednesdays. Then I have to repeat myself. Hello. See, them people that was here Wednesday get a devil take. Yeah, 51, 4. Hallelujah. Well, let's back up to number three. Huh? Let's back up to number two. <laughs> no, we're not going to go to one, okay? Uh, just, just number two. He said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Who is he talking to? The person? No. He's talking to God. Okay? He said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. I can't cleanse you from your sin. Only God can do that. He said, cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Wow. See, I know what I did. I can't deny it. He said, against thee, thee alone, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. 
In other words, it's like you are sinned against God. Now, in this situation, he's repenting of his sin with Bathsheba. Uh, and, and how did he conspire, amen, to have her husband killed? Now, he couldn't go back and tell Uriah, I'm sorry. Huh? So Uriah never got an apology. But David got forgiven of the sin because he went to God. Oh, he had to pay some restitution, you know, but only one that can really bring that kind of restitution is God. See, we want restitution, and we got in our mind how that restitution should be meted out. God, his ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. Amen. You might be thinking, God, take them down, and God just say, you know what, I'm going to elevate them. And now you're mad at God. How are you going to do that, God? How are you going to You know what they did to me. Huh? And he said, yeah, but I know their heart, and I know their repentance. Huh? And now because you haven't forgiven, you stuck. you still hanging on the hook. While they moving on. Huh? They got you on the hook somewhere. You just, uh, that unforgiveness got you stuck. Let me, let me show you something. This here is, yes, I'm, I'm looking at this. Go to John 11, 11th chapter. Huh? The word forgiveness in the Greek is aphemi. And that word is translated in so many different ways. The same exact word. Not a variation of the word. Same exact word. Okay? So when we look here, we're dealing with, you know, Lazarus and Mary and Martha. And we get 11 and 43. So like, wow. 11 and 43, and it says, And when he thus had spoken, because he said, Where's the grave? Open the grave up, you know. He's ready to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, talking about the grave clothes, talking about the napkin, said, loose him and let him go. What's that got to do with forgiveness? Some of us still running around with grave clothes on. Huh? A fear me. Forgive. When you look into the Greek in this passage, the words let go are a direct translation from the same exact word. Let it go. So he's telling them grave clothes, let him go. In other words, forgive. Huh? Release. Some of us say, man, we won't forgive, and we still going. Can't get nowhere. Bound up. Amen. And not until we forgive do we get released from them grave clothes. Stuck in darkness. Stuck in a place that stinks. I let it go. Let it go. So you can come forth. You can be who God wants you to be. But if we hold on to these things and we let them stay in our hearts, amen, and we act like we forgave, but our conduct and our actions say something totally otherwise, we are not fooling God. We're just trying to fool ourselves and everybody around us. But God is not deceived. He said he won't be deceived. He already knows what your, where your heart's at. He already knows. I mean, he's, one of, he's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Let it go. 
so you can go, so you can ride, so you can love like he wants you to love, so you can be the person that, you know, if you just love on somebody who do you wrong, just keep on loving them. You know, like I, I like to say every now and then, just, just love the hell out of them. Huh? All that negative stuff, just, just keep on love. Sooner or later, you're going to change them. But here's the element. Some people, they're never going to change, no matter how much I love them. Well, you just keep loving them. It'll change you. It won't be for naught. Because love, there ain't no law against love. But see, if you just keep on loving them, keep on loving them, keep on. Because why? You're here to represent Christ. They need more Christ in their life. You the spiritual one. Don't back off from them. Enter in. You know, I use the illustration about my, what was it, what did I say, 65 or 66 months ago? On Wednesday? To restore that car? You know, I, I'm thinking about that. You know, if I, because I had a 66 months thing, I wish I still had it. I, Crazy enough to give it away. You know, I'm like, wow, that thing could have worked some money nowadays. You know, but if I had that car today and decide to restore it back to what we say the original condition, think about this. That's not possible. Because the parts that are made today to go on that car are of superior material than what was made back in 1965. 66. So even though I might get parts that look the same, I might put paint on it that looks the same, even the paint jobs are superior than what they were. So actually what I'm going to do is take that car and put it in a better condition, amen, a superior condition and quality than it was before. But what's, what's happening in the process, I'm getting rid of the impurities. I'm getting rid of the flaws that were in it. So what am I saying? When you go back into that person's life to restore them, you're helping them to get rid of the flaws. You're helping them to get rid of the impurities. You're going to end up taking them to a superior condition than they were in the beginning. Because why? You're the spiritual one. You're letting God move through you to operate in you. So you can take them to a whole other level. So when you get done, they won't be the same person. And neither will you. If we would operate in forgiveness and we understand that this is a gift from God and we need to flow, let forgiveness flow through us just like we would. Now, if, if I said just let the love of God flow through you, you say, how do you do it? How do you do it? Let's say the same thing. Because with forgiveness goes love. So we allow them to flow through us and who gets the glory? God. He's magnified. So it changes how we see everything. It changes how we see people. It changes how we even talk about people. Oh, y'all don't want me to go there right now. Huh? Amen? Hallelujah. Things we got to say about this one and how things we got to say about that one. And, huh? Look in the mirror. What you got to say about that one? Hello? It's all good, is it? We got to be real. I mean, children of God, people of God. These are these are these are challenging thoughts, and they're intended to be. If we want to be different, if we want to really be the peculiar people that the word talk, world talks, I mean, the word talks about and it calls us, then we got to be ready to do peculiar things. 
we can't just follow after the same old pattern, amen, that the world follows after and says it's all good. And bring those same mindsets and actions in the kingdom of God. No, the kingdom says we do things differently. Huh? We act differently. We love differently. We function differently. And therefore, we get different results. You know, the problem is we bring the same stuff into church and we get the same results. And we say, ain't no different. Ain't no different. And people in the church don't like people in the world. That's because everybody act like people in the world. You start acting like people in the church, things will change. When we start applying the word of God in our situation, in your circumstance, in your heart, so you got to get to the place you know how to tell that fish, shut up. What does the word say? And we're going to do what the word says. Oh, I've been there. Huh? And I'm not the only one in the room. Been there when I had to tell myself I'm going to do it God's way, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what it looks like. I'm going to do it God's way. And no matter what, what the circumstances may, if you do that, it's going to happen. So I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to just, just do it God's way. I'm going to trust God. And guess what? He has never failed me. He has never let me down. Now, he might let you go a little while to see if you're serious. If you're going to hang in there, but just hang in there. And watch what God does. If we just keep trusting him, believing him, standing on his word, amen, Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Just, you know, I, I look on the back of, of, of Danny, Danny's car out there. You know, and he's got this, you know, sign on the back window, forgiven. And I look at that, you know, and guess what? Who can argue with that? They might say, yeah, right. I don't think so. But say what you want, forgiven. It's a statement all of itself. You know, so what am I saying? When we get to that place, amen, and we accept that over our lives, amen, we should want to see it over everybody's life. Forgiven, period. That lets you know where I stand, who I am, and whose I am. Forgiven. And if you've been forgiven, you should want to see everybody forgiven. That's where we should be, ready to make that stand. So who am I and who are you? To hold anything against anyone. We become very arrogant when we choose to do that. Because we think our punishment is greater than God. Our mind and our thinking is greater than God. Be careful, children. Don't let the enemy use that against you. That I'm going to forgive him if he kills me. I'm going to forgive him. Guess what? Your flesh will acquiesce. It'll bow down. Say, All right, I give. I can't. I can't control you no more. That's where we want to go. That's where we want to stand. We want to be in the will of God, Amen. In every area of our walk, of every area of our lives. Let's let's stand. Get ready to close out. Four hundred and ninety times. Four hundred. In a day. This last passage I want to read to you as you're standing. Think about it. My closing scripture. Ephesians 4. 31 and 32. They let all bitterness. And wrath. And anger. And clamor. And evil speaking. 
be put away from you. And all malice, which is what? Ill will. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. He didn't say, you know what? You might want to think about it. He said, no, be kind. You know, don't let these things, because these are the very things that come into our heart and our mind when unforgiveness is there, the bitterness, the evil speaking, the anger, the wrath, all those things come with unforgiveness and they reside in our heart. But when we forgive, all that stuff's got to go. It's got nothing to hold on to. It's got nothing to attach itself to. So don't think that you can be unforgiving and, and be good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm going on anyhow. No. You're deceiving yourself. And we don't want to be deceptive to ourselves. Amen? So maybe you're here this morning and you know that there's things that you need to give to God. You need God's help to walk in the forgiveness that we've been talking about. To operate in that forgiveness. Lord, I need your help because like I said, we can't do it of our own accord. We can't forgive like this of our own will. But we can desire Amen. God can do it. But you know what? If we would just learn how to surrender, give up the will, not my will, but thy will be done. It's his will that we do it like this. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I surrender to you. So, if you're here, I invite you to come to this altar. Lord, help me in the area of forgiveness. I want to forgive like you want. I want to be able to forgive like I have been forgiven. I don't want to hold things anymore. I don't want to be moved by my feelings or my emotions. Yes, Lord, I've been done wrong. But you came to redeem me. 